backpackers, travellers and globetrotters from all around the world, welcome back to another episode of the Itchy Feet podcast by Nomad Coops. Today we're going to venture out to a very popular European country to explore. We're off to Germany and we're going to be joined by local German girl, Laura, who I met in Australia in Noosa Heads, who's just started her own travel agency. That being said, with travel as a passion of hers, she's obviously spent a lot of time travelling around her homeland. So sit back, relax and enjoy the local expert insight on Germany. Laura, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Aaron. I'm doing great. And you? I'm doing really, really well. It's good to have you here. Talking about your homeland of Germany, whereabouts did you grow up? So I grew up in Stuttgart. That's in the south of Germany. Right. And it's quite a big city, half a million people. Yeah, wow. And you did a fair bit of travel around your homeland as well? Uh, yes, loads. I used to go um, on weekend trips or for a couple of weeks. Always depends. I made my way out to Germany it would have been in 2014, I believe. And like most people that try and do Europe over three months, I was sort of just scraping the surface of Germany. And I actually only made my way to two particular destinations. But let's kick it off with Berlin, because that was the first stop that I made in Germany. Oh, I love Berlin. It's my favorite place in Germany, actually. Culture-wise, it's really new and modern in comparison to the other um, cities, I would say. Like we have a lot of hipsters there <laughs> and like for me, Berlin, you go there and everyone, you can wear whatever you like. Some people, they walk around and make a dress out of like trash bags and nobody would stare at you in a weird way because it's just normal there. You can completely be yourself and be an individual or they have leather suits and really different types of people. And everyone's really friendly and accepting. I definitely agree with that. I found from everywhere I went in Europe, Berlin was probably the most unique city in terms of its culture and that hipster vibe running through it. A hipster culture that kind of resembles a little bit of Melbourne. It felt a little bit like home in that sort of sense because that's where I grew up, especially around Kreuzberg. Kreuzberg is one of the best parts to go to if you really want to experience the culture of Berlin. But recently also New Cologne is getting hipper and hipper yep. and people like to go there as well. The Berlin Wall, it's such a beautiful thing to see. And when you actually learn a little bit about it, it's such a huge part of Berlin when you really go into that history. Yes, of course. So Berlin was separated into two parts because there was a big conflict between Russia and America because they were running Berlin because of World War I. They took over Germany and they were responsible for our military part and like also a lot of political ways. So by the time was split between Russia and America until a long time, there was a wall in between. So people between Eastern and Western uh, Berlin were separated because of that wall. Um, so let's say if your family used to live in the Western part, like overnight they build up that wall and they couldn't see like their parents or kids or whoever was living there because the Russian part, they decided to make everything communistic. So everyone had the same wage and it didn't really matter what kind of job you did. It's just whatever was in demand. There wasn't really a lot of variety. It was the same food and everything was the same. So people couldn't be really individual. And then Western Germany was normal. Like everyone could live the life they wanted to. They were free to travel, to go wherever they like, to eat whatever they like. So Eastern Germany wasn't able to. And then in 1982, the wall finally fell because of America. They crushed it and people could get back to each other. <laughs> 
that's insane to think so recently as well that such a prominent country in Europe was literally split down the middle with such sad sort of background of the wall itself to see what it is now to be such a big piece of art and what it's been turned into with all the um, street art all along the wall and then I think that's unreal that people have actually sort of tried to make it a pretty part of the city now and try and put that positive spin on what it was and what it can be. Um, Big part that tends to attract people is Checkpoint Charlie. Somebody did tell me that you can get a passport stamp from Checkpoint Charlie put into your passport to sort of say that you've been to Checkpoint Charlie. However, I do know for a fact that any unofficial passports that aren't a part of a country if anyone is to have those stamped into your passport, it actually voids the validity of your passport because someone did do something like that in Peru with Machu Picchu and uh, they weren't actually able to use that passport ever again because they declare it to be tampered with. That's really crazy. (laughs) I know, right? Outside of the Berlin Wall itself, like we've got that hipster culture, which naturally comes with thrift shops. That's pretty big out there, yeah? Yeah, Berlin is really big for that. Lots of nice startups and really cool um, little shops where you can find literally everything from clothing to candles to like soap, whatever you like. What about nightlife? Because nightlife was a pretty intense thing out there. Berlin has heaps of really cool clubs. As I think most of the people know, Bergkain is one of one of the most famous clubs in the world. I think that's the only club that I've ever heard of that I know of from any other country before I even entered the country. Yeah, I think everyone knows that one. It's like you have to stand for two to three hours in line until they finally let you get inside. And then um, the bouncer judges you based on what you're wearing, if you're good to go inside or not. You have to go all black and they prefer like leather outfits. So you have to be really individual and like cool to get inside. I think the draw card to Bergheim is how unique it is. It seems so different to anything else. Um, The stories that I've heard that have come out of Bergheim are pretty much that, they're stories, because you can't take any media in, right? You can't take any phones or any photos or anything like that in there with you? Yeah, exactly, because there's people sometimes having sex on, on stage or inside the club, and there's a couple of really weird corners where you can go to but like nobody judges there so you're free to do whatever and just enjoy yourself so it's a very open club from all reports yeah if we were to tone it down and we don't want to go to a sex club where would we sort of head (laughs) the electro scene in berlin is really big so there's heaps of really good electro clubs and watergate is one of them that i would recommend when I go out in Berlin, I just always go with the flow because when you go, you meet so many people along the way. So you get like just dragged into random parties, like house parties or just like pre-drinks. And what I really love about Berlin is you can start partying on a Thursday evening and you can finish that party on a Monday evening because it goes all the way through. And it, for me, like when I go out, I used to go with my best friend. We often started like free drinking at 1 a.m. in the morning. And by the time we actually went into the club, it was five. And it was just normal. Like nobody was like, oh, why do you go at 5 a.m. in the club? It's just like, oh, yeah, like the party just starts now. Give it like another hour, 6 a.m. and it's kicking off. (laughs) That's so insane to me. Let's move from, from drinking and partying to food. Man, that's some fun-ass food between like pork knuckles, schnitzels, wieners. I start with Berlin because I think every city you go has like a different national dish in Germany because they're all quite a bit different. In Berlin, it's definitely Donut Kebab. 
the currywurst that I had in Berlin was phenomenal. Oh yeah, where did you go? Did you go to Curry 64? I'm not sure. I, I ended up on some sort of street vendor corner van thing. But Curry 64, is that a place worth checking out, is it? Yeah, it's like people stand sometimes for two hours in line just to get a, get a currywurst from there. It's really famous and it's the best currywurst in Berlin. It's it's such a good dish. Like it sounds so simple, but it's so good. Like sausages basically with curry over the top of it. And that's literally all it is. There's different varieties. There's also currywurst special, which is then um, also with mayonnaise and a bit like something like gravy, onions, yep. curkins, and then also curry powder on top of it. And oh, <laughs> something I really, really miss as a vegan. <laughs> no doubt. How long have you been vegan? Uh, more than a year now. <laughs> yeah. So it's still pretty fresh. So you still got the tastes in your mouth. Yeah, I still remember them. <laughs> yeah. Before we head out of Berlin, what have you got for us off the beaten track or a little bit less known? Adihakische Höfe. It's kind of housing and you walk through those houses and they have completely different styles. So let's say one house is really modern and new and fancy and like really, really pretty. And then you go to the next one and you have art paintings. Like it's all about arts. And then you have like yeah. small little shops in there. And I love going there. It's just really diverse. Yeah, I think art's like the main thing I think that draws people to Berlin. It's such a free-flowing place when it comes to creativity. Um, my friend went and did a graffiti tour in Berlin and he said he absolutely loved it. So something to check out is definitely the street art and the tours that go along with it. And you get the stories along with the artists and everything as well. Uh, my last hit of gem. It's, it goes out there for all the girls. Um, and <laughs> so what Berlin has, which is really unique, is a male strip club called Wild House. And if you ever watched Magic Mike, it's Magic Mike in real. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Okay. On, this one is for the sisters. Yeah. <laughs> so you go into this club, there will be lots of strippers waiting for you. You can change your money into stripper dollars. And you've got a couple of stages. They put you on the stage. They come down and dance with you. And it was, I think, one of, what now actually even the best night out I've ever had <laughs> in Berlin. It was awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a huge call. I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, yeah. there's one definitely for the sisters or the flamboyant misters, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Let's leave Berlin. Getting around most of Western Europe, I found quite easy using buses and trains and all that. That's usually the best way to get around, yeah? Yeah, that's definitely the best way to get around. Like, we have such a good connection. And it literally takes, I think, five hours from one to the other end with the train. So it's really fast. Out of Berlin, I would probably go next to Hamburg, just because it's an hour and a half bus drive away. Perfect. Nice and close. Flixbus is definitely the cheapest way to get around. It's $5. It's five euros. And Hamburg is a bit of a different vibe. Everything is a bit more, let's say, fancy. It's all really nice and beautiful. And it's right next to the harbor. So there's heaps of like ships. And the city itself is just beautiful because you walk through it. And there's a lot of rivers going through. And we've got the Philharmonie, which is an opera house. Like you said, it sounds a bit upper class. And uh, I'm assuming you'd have some pretty good seafood there then. Oh yeah, really good seafood. Definitely check out the fishers market because you have those really amazing fish breads rolls or like buttered fish uh, with German potato salad. So the German potato salad differs from the north to the south. So you should really check out both. 
the one up north is made with mayonnaise and it's a bit more creamy but so delicious really awesome so check out the different potato salads bunch of fantastic different seafoods out there nightlife have we got the similar sort of nightlife to berlin or does it change as you get into a different city it's completely different there again so what's super famous in hamburg is Reeperbahn. it's like a street full of bars where you can go party and there's a huge gay scene as well just the entire vibe of the city is really fun and really good to go out because you not just stay in one bar you literally don't look like bar hopping you go from here to there what we have in hamburg is like schlager music it's like a traditional type of music in germany which is quite big there because you have berlin where the electro scene is really big and then in Hamburg, the Schlager scene is really big. It's like traditional German music. Oh, cool. So that that's like the old folk style, is it? Kind of, but it's made new and modern for like the younger right. generation. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Let's make our way out of Hamburg then. Next, I would go to Cologne. That's kind of in the middle west of Germany. Absolute must stop. Home of the famous Christmas markets, is it not? Yeah, I think Germany in general is famous for the Christmas markets. I've got a lot of friends that have lived out through London and they've actually made the flight over just to go to the Christmas markets. And it was always Cologne that they were hitting. But I mean, if Germany's rocking all the Christmas markets, why not make a full week out of it? Yeah, you can literally go to every city of Germany and you will find a beautiful Christmas market. <laughs> the Dome in Cologne is one of the most beautiful churches I've been to. It's been destroyed from World War II, but they still restore it. And it's just unique and beautiful to go to. And then also the historical town is just really completely different to Hamburg and Berlin again. It's like lots of tempered houses and cozy little pubs where you can go for a drink. And what I really love is the Rhine, which is like a river. So really common in summer that you just chill on the Rhine with a beer in your hand and you chat and you just have a good time. I think that's one of the biggest rivers in Europe, the Rhine. Yeah, no, I think that's correct. It's a long, long river. It goes all yeah. the way through Europe. Well, it sounds like it's got that sort of tradition about it. Hey, like it, it still holds a bit of the tradition of Germany. Is that right? Definitely does. It's really famous for it. And you can also go on a boat tour there and just like cruise around the Rhine, enjoy the beautiful nature around it. It's beautiful. Speaking of history, we obviously get a lot of people that head out to Germany and they want to learn a little bit about World War II and the history of that? For us as Germans, we obviously learn in school about World War II to not forget what happened there in the past. And when you come to Germany, there will, there's heaps of like museums and uh, places that you can go and visit. Also, there's a lot of historical things that are still kept. It's, it's a bit like shocking sometimes as well, because when you then see what really happened to them and you're in one of those, I just know the German word for it, Katzets. It's where the Germans killed the Jewish. Are uh, the and concentration still, camps? Yeah, concentration camps. And yeah, you can still go and visit them. And they tell you heaps about the history and what happened there. So is that something that yeah. is a part of the German education system? So do they actually like, do you go to those as a part of the education or do they just teach it? Uh, so they teach it. And then if there's something like nearby you also go and visit it like with school yeah so it's not seen as disrespectful for foreigners to go over there and like in attempts to learn about it not at all it's just like a part of germany so we're more ashamed that it is part of our culture i would say 
and part of our history. Obviously being a difficult subject to discuss, it's good to know that foreigners can sort of come over there and not feel like they're disrespecting the modern day German culture by going and learning about you know, World War II and the concentration camps and stuff like that. No, I think it's part of Germany. If, I think if you come to Germany as a foreigner and you really want to get to know the country, then this is also part of us. And it's not a shame to go there and have a look at those places and see them because it's part of Germany, unfortunately. Yeah, I appreciate you talking about it for everyone listening as well, just because I know that's, that is something that people uh, do try and learn a little bit about. And it's obviously a tough topic to talk about. Um, let's talk about something a little bit more fun and head over to my favorite part of Germany that I got to experience. Let me say one more thing about Cologne yeah. real yeah. quick. If they go to Cologne, really famous is Kölsch beer because we have literally in every single part a different beer. So that's really worth it to check out. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about German beer for a little bit then because that's very true. I think it's a perfect segue to talk about from Kölsch beer in Cologne to where I'm about to take us because I was so in love with it in Munich, pretty much the home of Oktoberfest, would you not say? Oh, I love Oktoberfest. Oh, it's heaps of fun. Perfect opportunity to talk about German beer. Tell us about the culture of beer in Germany. Yeah, German beer is just like a really big thing for us. Even when you're really young, you start off with a Radler, which is like beer mixed with Sprite. They drink it as like a Coke or something like yeah, this. Yeah, right. Or... <laughs> how, old, how old would you be to have this particular beverage? You actually need to be 16 legally. Mm -hmm. But I would say Germans are there like a bit relaxed, maybe like 13, 14 or something. Ah, like that's just... all right. Just ease you yeah. into it. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> we have white beer, I would say. That's really traditional. And we've literally got in every single state of Germany where you go, they have their own specific beer. We once went to a monastery and they, for example, used to grow a lot of like beers as well. And it's called like stronger beer. So it has like eight or nine percent. It is really dark and yeah, a bit like tastier. I love like that. Beer. So like <laughs> you, you can buy monk beer. So beer brewed by monks that gets you yeah, yeah. more drunk. Yeah, yeah. Basically, if you were a monk there in the past, all you did was like drinking beer all day long. What monks are these? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Asia being my specialty, I've learned a lot about monks, but I got a feeling that Asian monks and German monks have a little bit of difference <laughs> if the German monks are just getting <laughs> absolutely hammered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Well, let's spin that into Oktoberfest then, because what took me to Munich was Oktoberfest. I flew up from Italy. I was just in awe of how much frivolity was just oozing out of these beer tents and beer halls. And I want to say one thing, my hero of Germany, the most impressive people I've ever seen is the bartending ladies that come out with, oh my god yeah. they are the strongest humans i've ever seen and some of them are so dainty they're carrying like six to eight to twelve steins full of beer like and some of them are cruising along 80 meters to walk through all these people to get to the table that they're serving oh, i agree on that i'm always impressed too when i see them <laughs> do you know what the origin of oktoberfest is at all 
I think it has something to do with saying thank you for the harvesting. Oh, that makes sense. Just a little tip for anyone who's going to Oktoberfest. It starts at the end of September. The first weekend is the tapping of the keg. And the tapping of the keg doesn't happen until 12 o'clock in the beer halls in Munich. But to get a table in one of the beer houses, you usually have to get there early. So I think we went there at about 7 o'clock to be let in at 9 o'clock to get a table in one of the beer halls. The kicker is if you don't have a table, you don't get served. It's not through a bar or anything like that. It's all table service. And if you're not sitting down at a table, you can't be served. So you kind of do need to go there early, which is great because when it comes down to all the drinking and the singing and the dancing on your chair and your tabletop, by the end of it, when you actually walk outside after however many beers you've had, it kicks you in the guts for sure. I remember my cousin had said to me, don't be ashamed to have a nap on the hill. Everyone does. And I'm like, okay, I'm never going to find this hill. Sure thing. Uh, We were there for three days and yeah, I definitely napped on the hill multiple times. Um, It's just like a big fair. There's so many fair rides, but instead of a show bag, you buy beer. It's like an adult showground. It's fantastic. It's it's for me that one time of the year when you get so drunk that you can't remember the day before and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I you, you don't know whether it's Saturday or Sunday or Friday anymore. It just, yeah, it all blends. So in case you go when Oktoberfest isn't on, there is a Brauhaus and this is where you can get all the traditional food and beers that is served during Oktoberfest. And traditional food is definitely this big, massive jar or jug of beer so we drink like a liter of it it's massive (laughs) and the thing is you need to drink it really quick because you want to have the good taste of it so you get drunk really fast (laughs) and then what we usually have with it is like a white sausage breakfast it's like a traditional white sausage with a pretzel and beer yeah right so that's like a traditional that's breakfast breakfast and yeah (laughs) i love that (laughs) i I missed the white sausage breakfast i i'm actually a little bit spewing yeah i didn't get it i did get a massive hunk of pork knuckle though and there is no pork knuckle like german pork knuckle that is oh yeah we're famous outstanding with a big stein of beer to your right oh some of the best food i've had oh it was so good there's two quite famous clubs so one of them is another electro club and it's called harry klein it's really famous and i personally think it's a place to be when you go out because it has like really cool vibes and there's like just massive tv screens on that have like has like led shows going and there's always like a really cool dj playing cool so there's still plenty to do in munich though even if you're there not during Oktoberfest. Uh, yeah, there's quite a lot to do. There's beautiful parks where you can go to, then the city itself, like lots of tempered, tempered houses, beautiful to walk through. And then one of my hidden gems is one river where people can go actually surfing. So they surf in a river and it's so cool and fun to watch. You've just got a, a surf river in the middle of town. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You had one other spot you wanted to have a chat about. So close to where I come from is a yeah, small, big town, 250-ish thousand people, which is called Heidelberg. Once again, a different style to like Bavaria, actually. And it has an amazing castle. Take a walk up the castle. You overlook the, the river, the city, and you just feel like a little princess when you're up there. 
and actually Kate Middleton, the princess in England, she's been there for a visit and took some amazing pictures. So, so it is it's quite it is a castle it. for princesses then. Yeah, it is a castle for princesses. Perfect. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and around it is lots of wine yards, so Oy. it's great to do wine tasting. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've got like really good wines and like vineyards there. It's just beautiful to stroll around and like enjoy a glass on the river. Yeah, that sounds amazing. You've sold me. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and then nightlife is heaps of fun there as well because we have this massive like street of bars where you can go from a to b and one of my favorite bars is like the it's called shot bar so it's just two euros which is like three australian dollars for a shot and the tight wall is like full of names for shots so you blindly select a shot and they make something super fancy and they put a couple of different liquids in or you have to do something like they put it on fire and it's heaps of fun it sounds like a, it <laughs> sounds like a fun bar sure, really drunk <laughs> i actually have an interesting story about shots that catch on fire but i'm going to save that for another episode so if anyone's listening wait for the austria <laughs> episode and uh, there's a story about a shot in vienna and uh third degree burns on yours truly <laughs> well that pretty much wraps us up i teased at the start that we met in australia and one of the first conversations we had was obviously about travel, seeing we're both traveling. You've actually yep. taken the next step and you've actually gone and become a travel agent, correct? Yeah, I just opened up my own travel agency two months ago. My travel agency is called Green Travels and we operate all over Australia, New Zealand, Fiji and Asia. And what I do, I sell eco-friendly and sustainable tours. So I make sure that they're all certified and that they really care about the environment on their tours and they not just go and destroy the beautiful Red Barrier Reef. Because what's important to me is when we go traveling, that we appreciate what we have and that we leave it the way we saw it so that future generations can enjoy it in the same beauty. Absolutely. I definitely agree. How can people get in contact with you? www.greentravels.com.au or on green travels on facebook and just like simply inbox me or give me a call like there's a phone number everywhere and then we meet up for video chat and i make sure to plan your trip of a lifetime if anyone is out there looking to get a little bit of help with their tour planning i've actually booked one through laura as well i went and did the wit sundays through laura great travel agency good deals and great service fantastic what is the top three things on your bucket list that you'd like to see, do, or achieve? I really want to travel South America in general. There's not like one specific favorite spot. Um, but also I really want to go back to Africa because there's so many like more places to see. And I really want to go on a trek with gorillas. Oh, that's cool. Where can you do that? That's in Congo, yep. but you can access it to, from three other different countries. Just I think Congo is kind of like the safest place to go to. You still need a lot of security around you. Yep. To, and also in Congo, there's like an active volcano, which you can hype up for two days. And that's also on my bucket list. I love that. That's so And neat. then uh, last but not least, I really want to go to Nepal and yeah, hike up a mountain. Uh, absolutely. Maybe not all the way to the top, but... <laughs> all right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for Germany. Thanks for joining us, Laura. It's been absolutely awesome. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you are most welcome, mate. Anytime. And as always, thanks to the Itchy Feet travel community out there. Thanks for being a part of the season so far. 
Our next episode will be our finale and the much anticipated first part of India. Until next time, guys, stay safe and keep traveling.